For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about For Evelyn, the new album by Canadian artist Hannah Georges, spelled G-E-O-R-G-A-S, which starts out with a song called Ride Back. an album like this that starts with a little more of a contemplative approach that's really just almost somber and I think it's kind of an interesting approach especially for Hannah George's this is her third album she's I think in her early 30s Mm -hmm. and this song is almost a straight up midlife crisis of this just like looking on like how am I living my life and and I, and I think it's really a good, a smart way to start an album to be just like questioning everything, just like, hey, everything's on the table because I don't know if what I'm doing is working. Yeah, she lived in Vancouver for like 10 years and just recently moved back to be closer to her sisters and her family. And she has said in interviews that she about the past two years, she had been wanting to move back and she felt kind of like out of place in the city and she had a relationship. And so she talks about how this album is much more sort of self-reflective and the title is for Evelyn, Evelyn being her 98 year old grandmother and she said that it, the album isn't necessarily about her but it was sort of a dedication to her and appreciation for how she has so much life wisdom and it kind of reminded me of something that somebody I know used to always say like you couldn't wait to be an old man because he was going to be so wise and like no have life all figured out and that was kind of what I think she was getting at was she she wants to be at that place in her life where she has things figured out yeah and this song I think it, it does such a great job of expressing that longing and it's such a great that just the title ride back that's that sort of notion of and it's a very kind of 20s notion that what's mm-hmm. important is going out to those parties and mm-hmm. having a good time mm-hmm. and there's the aftermath and really staring that in the face and not just ignoring it and waiting till the next party and it's you know that search for immaturity is really great and i i love again that it's such a stripped down sound here that you know i think pop music and we'll hear later on the album but i think that uh, here it's just horns and a tiny bit of drum machine and it's a really kind of surprising tone for what's this very pop voice yeah i think of sax as an instrument that's like an uncool dad instrument and i think it's just because we grew up in the age of like kenny g and soft rock and 
it's a reminder that sax can be a really interesting, versatile instrument. And, you know, we get that with Ezra Furman, who we talked about this year and who's one of my favorite live performing artists. And he's got a saxophonist with him who's just incredible. And it's it really adds a lot. And so although I remember that his saxophonist kind of looks like a dorky dad compared to the rest of the band. <laughs> he looks like a frat boy. Yeah. He, yeah. But play, plays great. Yeah. And I don't know who the saxophonist here is, but yeah, really nice work on a few of the tracks, uh, maybe less prominently maybe than here. But I like, though, that we don't stay in this really stripped down sound for too long. And then we move from this just, you know, horn and drums to a much more fleshed out, if still pretty down tempo song on the next track called Don't Go. Ride Back was more of an organic sounding song. This kind of goes back to what Hannah Georges is, which is a synth pop artist, essentially. And and this is a very synthetic sounding song with the layered vocals and the drum machines and her very polished sounding voice, which is it actually just kind of highlights how beautiful her natural voice is. But um, it's a very different kind of sound. Yeah, her voice is certainly pushed a little more into the synth realm, but it still is the most sort of organic element of this composition. It's, you know, very dense and, you know, it's delighted to read that the, I guess the producer on this was Graham Walsh, who was one of the members of Holy F, where you can insert some asterisks into the name of that band there. And they're a pretty great, but all instrumental electronic band out of, I think, Toronto. And it's a pretty easy guess. If they're Canadian, it's probably from Toronto. Although I guess... Or Vancouver. Or Vancouver. Well... It's two thirds to one third's chance. You're even or odds. Montreal. Okay, I just lost. <laughs> I, okay, my my Canada knowledge. My for, I beg forgiveness of my Canadian listeners. Or Nova Scotia, like Sloan. Okay, I just got taken to Canada school, <laughs> but anyway. So the Holy F though they're a really great band, very engaging to see live, which I think is unusual with electronic artists. They do a lot of kind of combination of traditional electronica with weird kind of just grungy mechanical devices, and so. I'm really delighted to hear that sort of form of building a song, but brought to the this kind of pop songwriting approach. And it, I think it really works well. Their styles merge fantastically. Mm-hmm. And it's such a classic message, too. So it's like this very complicated structure. And then it's just the simple, like, don't go. Like, I don't know what I do if I lost you. And then it's like, what's I think is kind of interesting is that the synths, I think, get a lot more kind of retro and cheesy sounding 
in the bridge and then i think it's really appropriate because it gets this kind of like the the synths get very kind of 80s sounding and then there's this kind of retro like oh nostalgia of like oh i remember when you would hold me like a child while we watched tv in the basement yeah and it's such a sweet kind of quiet moment that still totally works and so that sound is great and this i you know the second song in a row that's pretty slow so i'm glad that the next track does pick up the pace a bit and that's the sort of title track evelyn Taking this song just from the title, which is Evelyn, her grandmother's name, and then the lyrics, which are kind of, you you would think it was a very positive song because it starts out with kind of this looping anxiety about being in your own head and having all this self-doubt, and then it turns into, I'm not afraid anymore. And also kind of, I think I'm interpreting this as looking at her grandmother and saying like, one day I'm going to feel like I'm going to get out of this anxiety and like achieve whatever I I want to but then at the same time the tone of it it's all very minor key and there are also additional minor key layers underneath the main melody that make it sound kind of very foreboding and then there's also this synth line that's just kind of like wow 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 that makes it feel kind of like scary and I don't know it's a clash between what I think the sound is trying to convey and what it the way that it feels no i love that it explores that and i i the note i said here was like oh she's on this quest for enlightenment but it's almost like that enlightenment ends up as nihilism because she's just like you know there's this entire bridge of just like nothing really matters and it's just like she's letting go and is that sort of buddhist kind of letting go kind of enlightenment or is it just like is it completely like nothing because there's this third verse that I think is just so delicious Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, it's all about fresh stimulation. Make them feel so elated. And this is a song. This is this really catchy kind of danceable number. Mm -hmm. And it's, if you're not listening closely, you're just like, oh yeah, I'm really enjoying (laughs) this. And then in the song, she's straight up like almost talking to herself. Like, what are you doing with your life? Making these pop songs that just make people feel excited, but they aren't meaningful. And so she's kind of trying to split the difference, have it both ways in the song. It works, but it's it's there are layers for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess I take nothing really matters to be a freeing sort of positive thought because we all think we're the center of the universe and all of our problems are so important. But then you kind of 
hopefully as you get older and become more enlightened, you realize that I'm the least part of this least important part of this equation. And I'm a tiny part of a much bigger puzzle. And that that's like a positive thing that you can't, you don't have to focus so much on what you might be doing wrong. Yeah. I think she's, yeah, she's like tearing down and like tossing up what she has now. Like, Oh, this stimulation pop Mm -hmm. songs. And just, she's confident that like, yeah, I know that someday I'll replace that with something more Mm -hmm. meaningful, but that is scary. Mm -hmm. And this is a scary song, as you said. Mm I don't know how I feel about the double vocals here and her, her having her own vocals kind of underlying and doing backup on her herself as the primary singer. I think sometimes it works. I think here it's just a little bit too distracting. This song is a little bit fussy as far as how many layers they are. there are. It's interesting, but um, I think just her voice by itself would have been clearer and a better line. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to just... Dis- disagree with that i think in principle but i know i really enjoyed stuff that i usually don't enjoy on this Mm -hmm, album mm -hmm. and really glad we listened to it for that reason but yeah it is something to be aware of and it's when you have a heavily produced album that's always a danger but after this song where with fear there's you know or sort of scary but it's still she's confident that she'll make it through we go into this next song which is just dripping with self-doubt it's called waste i'm never gonna do right in your eyes I'm never gonna do right, do right I'm never gonna do right in your eyes I'm never gonna do right, do right talked about the song being about self-doubt and i think the she really emphasizes that uh, a lot of the songs on this album really make you wait for the chorus where it's verse and build up oh no another verse and build up mm-hmm. and then this song totally flips it by saying here's the chorus right up front and the chorus is just i'll never do never gonna do right in your eyes and it just seems so negative and then that the first verse we heard there is all the sort of self-analysis of like oh what's wrong with me and why do why do i always run away and that's part of the fun and just trying to analyze herself yeah i think the whole record is all about kind of looking inward and looking at the patterns that you kind of and i think a lot of people kind of fall into patterns in their 20s and don't really think about what they're doing but they just do what seems like the right thing at the time and then you kind of look back and you see yourself ending up in the same place over and over again and you kind of have a moment to step back and like look at what you're doing and the results that they're causing and i thought i think that's what is going on a lot in this record yeah and i, and I think it's the the way this song evolves is really great in the way in the first that first verse she's looking at herself like well that's who i am and then in the second verse there's at least hey I'm, at least i'm more aware of it now at least i know that i'll never ever do right in your eyes and it's still kind of negative but at least hey i'm getting there i'm figuring it out and it's another really catchy song i love the kind of honking squealing horns that happen here yeah i think this is the only other song where they bring the sax in i think you may be right but yeah, it's but it such so a standout yeah, yeah. That, and to hear that that you know the electronic the electronic textures with the horns shouldn't work totally work 
and you know her voice is sort of moderately processed for most of the song until then at the end she actually ends up singing a duet with herself and it's mm-hmm. interesting you talked about how the sort of layering doesn't always work but here it's really powerful just this notion of like i could waste a life tell me that that i'm something worth your while like she's trying to figure it out yeah and, it, and we kind of debated where to play which part of the song to play here and i think so we took that from the beginning but towards the end of the song it you talked about you know there's the she's duetting with herself and the horns go a little bit more crazy and the the synth like kind of layering gets more complex and yeah it, it becomes kind less of, kind of percussive like at the beginning it's very dun, 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 mm-hmm. and then it becomes more kind of flowing and there is that great evolution mm-hmm. as a songwriter and yeah that she's just not afraid of digging into this kind of darkness mm-hmm. and i've think that same sort of search within herself I think comes up in this next song it's called Walls it's too easy my favorite song on the record i think it's so beautiful and i love the way that the synth kind of changes tone over the course of the song and also from the beginning where it's very like close her voice is so close in close mic'd and breathy and it feels so intimate and then it grows into such an expansive sound by the end of the song and i think it it does such a great job of capturing that tension between sort of protecting yourself from being hurt by other people but then do you protect yourself so much that you drive them away and i think she the way that the song kind of goes in circles between the verses and the chorus and it's it's kind of without a beginning and an end just you know i built these walls so that when you left me i was ready for you to leave so i build these walls and it's it's, i just think it's really well done yeah it's so powerful and you're right it feels sort of circular and i only just noticed though that you know, I build these walls, I built them so high. And then each time the chorus happens, it gets longer because she keeps saying, saying it more times. Like mm-hmm. it keeps, she gets kind of more and more buried under the walls she's building mm-hmm. as the course of the song goes on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that the, the, like it starts off with just piano and then the synths kind of come in quietly. And by the end, like the synths have taken over and get the, in that bridge, they get kind of almost tw- 
this kind of spaghetti western vibe on a synth i don't know it feels really epic in a way that yeah i think anchors this as you know it's almost the center in terms of the track order and it's i think definitely the spiritual mm-hmm. heart of mm-hmm. the album mm-hmm. also kind of points to it seems like this is sort of the central idea of what she's getting at with the introspection on this album of kind of where she feels like she may have made mistakes in her life or like would like to change and maybe that is kind of what is behind leaving the city behind and moving closer to her family and all of the other things that kind of come together not to assume too much authorial intent which we try not to do but oh, I, really, I do it a lot. It's fun. Yeah, but I agree that I felt like this was kind of the the heart of the record. Yeah, but I, I am kind of glad, though, that after diving in and really digging in so deep, the album does get a little lighter and a little more poppy, if still pretty dark, on the next track. That's called Love Seat. wish I could go back to this song as being dark but i think it has a dark humor i like that you know the entire premise of the of the love seat and i like that it's sort of like the hot you're in the hot seat you're in the love seat like it's something that's not necessarily comfortable it kind of puts an onus on you and creates challenges in your life i don't think it's necessarily challenges but it's more about being in that state of mind where it's hard for you to get outside of it and look at it from kind of more outside and more maybe realistic perspective because you're so caught up in the emotions of it. Yeah, that yeah, it's hard when you're there. It's a good place to be. She's enjoying it, and I I like that this song more so than most of the rest of the album. It's certainly that first half of the album is where it is so kind of delving into the deep thoughts, and here it's just at a certain point embracing. Let's not so think. Let's not think so hard about it, and just enjoying the moment. And it is just much popular for that reason. Yeah, I certainly think it takes the album takes a turn from the beginning half, which sort of changes here, which is much more kind of introspective and maybe a little bit darker and a little bit more complex to a series of songs that's just kind of lighter and poppier and to me less interesting, but maybe that, you know, just depends on your perspective. Yeah, I, I think that that's true. Usually I'm not a pop guy, but there's something about this one that's just such an earworm that it, it 
the instant, like the first time I heard it, I felt like I've heard this song a million times, yet I can't place it anywhere. I so think it, there's like the synth, a background synth of the do, 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 which is not, I'm really butchering that, yeah. but I think that's kind of a familiar synth yeah. line that and maybe but, might be. And also like the vocal melody in that, uh, you know, uh, I wish I could take my own advice. Mm-hmm. Like there's something, it's just that, that all those melodies and the combination of the textures, it's, again, it seems both an instant classic or totally derivative and I can't tell Mm -hmm. and I like that it kind of lives in that neutral zone but I do you know in terms of references I one thing I did hear especially in some of the synth lines here really did kind of remind me of the last metric album Mm -hmm. Pagans in Vegas excuse me Pagans in (laughs) Vegas a terrible album name and not a really great album Mm -hmm. and I think they went in a much more electronic direction and so there's kind of that another pretty voice Canadian singer Emily Haynes Mm -hmm. and singing over synth and I think very similar ones and yet I think it's a lot more successful here it's like warmer it feels more human human yeah but I think what you're getting at also is that Emily Haynes does a lot of that really close mic kind of breathy like intimate feeling vocals and I think that's what Hannah George's is doing oh yeah there's a lot of moments Mm -hmm. uh, across this album where it's just like oh yeah she's employing similar techniques and they Mm -hmm. work really well I mean it's I like that no shame on that but as you said it does get really poppy and I think that back half of the album the first half is so strong and it gets a little weak so we're just going to jump ahead to the penultimate track and that's called Angel All the Time song you really appreciate her vocal power which i think is not it's not that it's the synth is a distraction but it's when you really just hear her voice with the piano you appreciate what a beautiful and versatile voice she has and um i that's why i really like that track yeah the entire album i think is mostly as the first half i feel like it's much more kind of organically blended the two elements and then i think it kind of starts to split apart and this is an extreme case of that where it's like pure piano or much more synthy but it's like within the same song it's like one or the other and i i think i kind of prefer the blended version but it's again the simplicity here and even i feel like this isn't one of the more successful tracks but it's still so pretty and that simplicity goes throughout i think that the I think the most complicated song on the album structurally is Love Seat, the pop song. And then everything else tends Mm -hmm. to be just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, but boom, we're done. Mm -hmm. And I love how much she's able to do with simple, a simple approach, but make it just fleshed out so beautifully. And Mm -hmm. I I thought this was just, oh, we'll do a pop album for a change of pace. And it turned out to be, I I, I just grew on me tremendously. I love this album. Yeah, (laughs) no, I really like it. And I feel like, 
you know, sometimes when we're doing a record or doing a record for the podcast, I get really tired of how many times I have to listen to it to really kind of delve into the details of it and and provide coherent thoughts on it. But this one, I just never got tired of listening. Yeah, the to it. replayability always... is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's such thematic consistency. I think it works really well as a complete work of art. And starting with Ride Back, which is kind of setting it up as you know, I'm looking at my life and I'm sort of thinking about the choices I'm making. And then it ends with the song we'll go out with, which is called City, where I have to assume this is about her decision to leave Vancouver and move back to where she was from. And it's just a really kind of beautiful treatment of the way that I think some people can get lost in an urban environment. And unless you are very conscious of creating a network of like-minded people and sort of like putting down roots in your community, you can just feel like you're a replaceable cog in the wheel. And that's what she sings about on the song is like someone else will sing the blues and someone else will like do the things that I'm doing here. And it, it doesn't have to be me. Anyway, this is just a really great record that I can't recommend enough. I think she, she, you know, I was looking back for interviews with her and in 2013, she was at South by Southwest and she was on the um, NPR's Austin 100 list and she was getting attention as an up and coming artist. And I feel like she still hasn't really broken out and um, she, she doesn't get the recognition she deserves. So definitely check out this record. It's called For Evelyn. Her name is Hannah Georges and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks for listening. The city is over me I'm-